Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Positive, happy, enthusiastic, bold, real, and definitely full of life. These are just some of the words that describe television and media personality. And my amazing guest today, Sadie Robertson Huff. Yes, you heard me correctly. I had the absolute pleasure and privilege of being able to speak with Sadie. And my goodness, was it a conversation? <laughs> it was real. It was genuine. It was authentic. We got vulnerable on a number of things. And I know it is going to help so many of you out there. But for those of you that don't know who Sadie is, she is known for her co- commitment to Christ and love for people. Sadie is on a mission to reach her generation with a message of confidence in God, loving Jesus, caring for others, and making the most of the life they've been given. She's a perfect guest for the Storybox 100%. In 2016, Sadie launched her Live Original Tour, a series of evenings featuring passionate worship as well as a powerful message of hope from Sadie herself. Since then, Sadie has reached over millions of people around the world through her speaking and her entrepreneurial spirit for fashion has led her to develop a line of clothing called Words of Affirmation with her Live Original brand. She has partnered with the World with World Vision actually and and World Food Program as a way to be committed to making this world a better place. She also hosts the popular podcast called Whoa, That's Good, which has more than 14 million downloads to date. She's also a New York Times bestselling author of Live Original, Live Original Devotional, Life Just Got Real, a Live Original Novel, Live Fearless, and Just Live. She has a brand new book coming out, which I am very excited to share with you guys. It is called Live on Purpose, 100 Devotions for Letting Go of Fear and Following God. And my goodness, like I said to you in the very beginning, was this a conversation that is going to spark a lot of change in your hearts and your lives. And Sadie really knows how to convey 
uh, a, a great message of hope out there for all of you, as well as help you understand what it really means to be living in your purpose right this very second. And there's so much goodness in this conversation, so I won't uh, keep talking because I know you guys want to hear her. But please, if you do get something from this, share it around to your friends and family. Let this one go as viral as we possibly can make it because it is so, so powerful. Uh, All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the story box as we learn more about living in our purpose, learn more about how we can become the very best person we possibly can by living our original authentic selves and also as we listen, learn, and grow from the incredible story, the wisdom, and the advice from none other than Sadie Robertson Huff. Yes, thank you. What a great intro. Uh, thank you so much for hyping me up and encouraging me today. Um, but no, I'm very grateful for what I get to do. I do love the Lord and I love to make Him more known and I love to love people. And so um, that's pretty much what I'm about, if you know me. And yeah, thanks for just a great introduction. And I look forward to being on your show. I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm. And I, you know, I could have gone on your amazing bio is so long, all the things you have done. And it's truly an honor to be able to unbox your story and just a little bit of your story really today. But the very first question that I have for you, which is a question I normally ask all my guests at the very start anyway, which is what does success look like for you? Oh, that's a great question. I was just talking with someone about this earlier about how, um, you know, I got to see my parents success and I told them it wasn't because of their success in the ways that the world would define success. You see, my parents, um, had a show called Doug dynasty and they were the stars of it and they got, you know, very well known because of the show, but throughout the whole process of the show, they remained so true to their values. And because of that, you know, a lot of people like that and appreciate And a lot of people did not. (laughs) A lot of people, you know, there's controversy and there are people who um, threw a lot of shade at them for that, but they stayed true no matter what. And I saw that be successful. And like I said, not success from the world's definition. It wasn't that they got more followers or more likes or more money or anything like that. In fact, sometimes standing true to their values looks like losing deals and, and losing followers at times and going through some hard things. But the reason why I saw it be successful is because throughout them being famous and they continue to be is that there was always peace in our home and there was always joy in our home. And there was always um, people being met by love through the work that they were doing. They were visiting hospitals and bringing joy to people in dark places. They were giving to people in other countries who needed help. They just were constantly um, doing something that was bigger than themselves. And I think that is what success would look like for me is doing something that's bigger than myself, doing something that isn't just for me to get puffed up, but doing something that I get to actually pour out love to other people. If my home does not have peace and my family is not together, but yeah, I have all the following in the world that is not successful to me. But if I have a family of love and and one of joy and peace that follows the Lord and loves people well, that is like the ultimate definition of what a successful life would look like. Mm, I want to dive further into joy and peace in just a moment, but I want to go into the values for a moment because I feel like there's a golden nugget there. And I want to uh, sort of ask you about how you found your own values. Did they come mostly from your parents or did you find them for yourself? 
Yeah, that's great. So I think I definitely was taught a lot from my parents. So just as probably we all are, those are like our top two role models and our first two role models. Maybe they're not good ones all the time in certain case scenarios, but I had two great ones. They always were set great examples and had values, Christian values. And I have to say, I always say this to people, whether you've been a Christian your whole life or you just became a Christian at some point, like it has to become your own values. You can't piggyback off of your parents or your family or the church you even go to. It has to become like your own belief. And um, I feel like at a young age, it kind of did. Whenever I was 13, I was uh, very, this is kind of random, but I was a very competitive basketball player. Love basketball. Yes, it was, it was so fun to me. And I started playing super competitively to where I got to be on team. USA. And we were playing in Austria. So it was like, I had to leave Louisiana, go to Austria for um, 10 days. And I was by myself, didn't have my family there. And it was there that I really had the first opportunity in my life to like decide who I was going to be when my parents weren't around. And I realized that I could be anyone I want. I could go crazy here. I could do whatever I want. And there was so, there was honestly not many boundaries. Uh, when we got over there, there were parties we could get into, even though we were underage and all those things. And, um, but yet when I was there, I wanted to live like Jesus. I wanted to love people well, and I wanted to, um, be a good version of myself. I didn't want the things that I knew were going to harm me later. And, um, um, so I think it was there that I really realized this is how I want to live my life. And then of course, when I was older, I had more opportunities to choose the values that I was going to live by. But now, you know, I'm married and we have a daughter and I certainly feel like I feel very rooted in the things that I believe and, um, the things that I value in life. It sounds like to me that you made a commitment to those, those right values at that moment. And I'm curious, why do you think that, values are so important to begin with and why people don't choose the right kind of values as they're growing up. Why do you think they choose the opposite? Yeah, I think values are super important. And I think that you have to be intentional about them. I think they give you a guiding point. Uh, you know, they give you a reference for what you're going for in life. And, you know, any good leader, say you're leading a team, you're going to set an intention for your team, you're going to go and you're going to tell them the values that you believe for your company, you're going to tell them, that's what I do for Live Virtual, it's a ministry, but I have values. And the first day of anyone on the job is I go over our values, because this is basically the boundary of what we're doing everything in. This is the direction that we're going. This is where, where we work from. And it's the same in life. You have to be intentional about those things. And I think a lot of times, I don't even know that people don't want good values. I think people just don't think about it. And so they don't live it. You know, you have to think about being a kind person to be a kind person. You have to think about being a generous person to be a generous person. Honestly, because of just our flesh and because of living in a broken world, we're probably not naturally going to always do the right thing unless you intentionally choose to. And so I think if people want good values, you have to set them in place. If you want your family to have good values, you have to lead your family well with those values. And I, my parents' values were never a secret. It was never a secret to us. Mm. How about for living in purpose and living originally in, in someone's purpose? How do values relate to that? Do they at all? So much, so much. So yeah, my new devotional book is called Live on Purpose. And it's kind of a combination of my last few books. I wrote a book called Live Original. I wrote a book called Live Fearless. And then I wrote a book simply called Live. And Live was about the action of just living, how life was handed to us. And so sometimes we just go about it and we don't even think about it. 
but to live is actually a verb. And if you're going to live, you have to choose to live. And so, yes, so the value of living on purpose is honestly valuing intentionality. It's saying like, I choose today to take today on with purpose. I can walk through my day and act as if nothing is on purpose and nothing happened for a reason and nothing matters. And I will probably have a pretty bad day, you know, and anyone can do that. Anyone can go. I could choose today. You know what? I'm just going to coast. I'm just going to go and get my coffee and then I'm going to go to work and I'm not going to look at anybody. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm going to go to sleep at night. And you can live like that. And people do every single day. Or you can live intentional and live on purpose and wake up and know that, hey, even when I go get coffee, I might meet someone today that could change my life or I could change theirs. Then I'm going to go to work and everything that I do in my work, I'm going to do to encourage people or help people in some way. And then I'm going to go to sleep at night and I'm going to, or I'm going to go hang out with my family and I'm going to love them. I'm going to cook for them. I'm going to play with my kids. And I think, you know, just that value of, of being intentional can actually go a lot further than, than people might even realize. Mm. I love talking about purpose with people. I've had a lot of conversations about it because I feel like it is so needful in today's day and age. And I'm curious, what, where did you discover your purpose, what it actually was? And, you know, why do you think that people don't know what their own purpose actually is? Yeah, I think people, I have to say, I think people overthink purpose sometimes. I think purpose is every day for everyone always available. And I think people think purpose is waiting for them when they achieve dot, dot, dot. It's mm -hmm. like, I'll get my purpose when I build a platform. I'll get my purpose when I get the job. I'll get my purpose when I finish college. And like, no, your purpose is not waiting for you because you're not even promised tomorrow. Your purpose is today. Your purpose was given to you when you were born. And it's still like, Good. My, I believe it's to love God and love people. That's what the Bible mm -hmm. talks about. But, you know, for you, it might be to just be a good person. You know, I personally believe that there's a lot more purpose in living for something bigger than ourselves. And that's kind of where my faith comes into play. But for me, whenever I found, I guess, part of my purpose was after Dancing with the Stars, I uh, had just been on the show and my life had just kind of exploded in front of everyone. I um, gained like a million followers in a month. So I went from like being kind of known to like very known. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, God, like, what am I going to do with this? Like, I don't know what to do with this like fame because that actually really scares me. And I don't even know, like, like, am I supposed to go like be in movies now? Am I supposed to like go like audition for TV shows? Like, like that's what famous people do. Like, what do I do with this? And I just remember uh, during that time, I went to a summer camp and I had actually never seen a woman preach before, but I happened to go to this summer camp where a woman was preaching and I was just watching her and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the coolest thing ever. And I was like, I think I want to do that. Like, I think that that's what I want to do because that would make everything in my life up to this point make sense. And um, that is what I eventually went on to do. But I feel like that was the day that I realized like, oh, I can take the things that God's given me and use it on purpose for a purpose. And then later, of course, I got to preach on platforms that people have seen me on, but that didn't start that day. That day, I just kind of realized it. And I think everyone has to come to a realization of like, man, like I can actually do something with the things I've been given. Like I am like wise for a reason or I'm funny for a reason or I'm like at this school for a reason. And I'm not going to wait until I figure out that reason. I'm going to start tapping into that today. And that was kind of my moment for me. Did you struggle at all with becoming kind of 
I guess you could say mega famous, <laughs> that, that moment from being known to being very, very well known. Did you struggle with that? Yes, absolutely. I really struggled with that. I think for a little while, I was kind of struggled with the fear of being a hypocrite, which I know that might kind of sound funny because why would you be afraid of that? But I think at the time, I everyone just kept saying like, oh, your goals and you're perfect and you're this. And like, I think that's the thing that we put on TV stars or movie stars a lot. It's like really, oh, they're perfect. And they're this. And like that actually causes a lot of fear whenever you think everyone thinks that you're perfect because, or if you are trying to live a life of perfectionism, or if you're trying to be perfect, like that actually causes a lot of fear because deep down, you know, you're not like, you know, and, and I kind of feared like if they really knew me, then they wouldn't like me. Or if they really knew me, then I wouldn't be this like famous person or I wouldn't be this like role model. And so I kind of ran for that for a long time. And the irony is whenever I actually did this YouTube video, because I was like, so like, I don't even know what to do with like being famous. And I was like, so worried about being a hypocrite. I did this YouTube video and I had, um, it was my first one. I had actually just gotten out of the shower. I had my pajamas on and I just got in front of the camera and I talked about like things that I struggle with. And I talked about like, um, what God says about that and like who I want to be and like who the pressure people put on me. And I, my sister actually came home and like saw the video and was like, you should post this, post this to YouTube. And I was like, I don't even have a YouTube. So she like made me a channel and posted it. And that video ended up getting a couple million views. And, um, that is actually what started me doing pretty much everything I'm doing now. And the irony is that was me being completely honest, no makeup, hair wet. And like, I was totally real. And that was the thing, like, I guess I was scared of people finding out and I just told people myself and then it like freed me. And my mom had always said that to me. She was like, Sadie, if you're ever going to struggle with something, like you be the first one to say it. Like, because if you don't say it, you're always going to be scared. People are going to find it out. And I think in that moment, I just was like very real with everyone. And since that moment, it took the pressure off of me because I don't fear people are going to find out something else about me because it's all out there. Like, you know, if I'm struggling with something, I'll tell you and I'll tell you how God's good in the midst of it. Um, And it kind of just like debunked that lie that I had to be a certain way if I was going to be famous. Yeah, I feel like we can be our own worst enemies at times, especially with fear of fear of like what you were saying, perfectionism, which is something that I struggle with and have wrestled with for a long period of time because I want it to be quite perfect so that people would praise me. And I'm like, why am I, why am I trying to do that? Right. Like, it's not about me. It's about God. It's always been about God. And I think we, we wrestle with that truth for so long. Mm -hmm. And I've always been curious why we wrestle with that particular truth. If we are a Christian, if we are saved, why do you think that is the case? If you have wrestled with the same thing? You know, I don't know exactly what it is. I think most of it is probably pride. I think because we want glory, because we want praise, because we want people to comment nice things or we want the most likes, then if we want that, then we have to appear a certain way to get that. But, you know, it's actually as a Christian really dangerous because we are not meant for glory. God is. And so part of being a Christian is you have to humble yourself because God is the one that is meant to be praised. And so part of showing our imperfections, part of showing our weakness is actually part of our great testimony of giving God glory. And so if you're a Christian, you have to realize like it is part of my job to humble myself, to exalt God's name, which actually humbling yourself is the best thing that you can do because it frees you of the pressure. 
And so I think people want pride, but people can't handle the pressure and people are scared of humility, but that's actually the very thing that people really need. Yeah. Very, very true. What would you say, Sadie, has been the most vulnerable moment for you? Was it when you put that video online or was there another more vulnerable moment for you? Hmm. That was probably the start of vulnerability. And I feel like there have been so many vulnerable moments to come. Um, you know, I think, I think it's vulnerable every day to live your life publicly online um, because you're subject to really negative comments. You're subject to people, you know, having an opinion on the way that you live your life and the way that you parent on the way that your wife, on the way that you, um, you know, whatever it is on the way that you talk, you know, people are, have that opinion. I just told my sister the other day, um, my sister just put out a poetry book and it was so good. It's called my greenhouse. And she just did a wonderful job with it. And then uh, about a week into her releasing it, she was just so bummed because she was like, people's, um, like the critics reviews were like kind of harsh. Some of them were, she had a million amazing reviews. And then of course, a couple bad reviews. And those are the ones that she focused on. I said, Bella, do you know what? I said, I have like a 4.8 or 4.9 podcast review right now. I was like, you know why? Because the people that comment the one, you know what their complaint is? They don't like my voice. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you don't like my voice, you don't have to listen. And the thing is, if I chose to listen to that comment, then and let that steal away from my purpose. And I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't preach. I wouldn't do YouTube. I wouldn't like, it would take everything away if I chose to believe that. And so I think it's vulnerable every day, whenever you live your life publicly or whenever you choose to let people into who you really are. However, I always think it's worth it. Brene Brown says vulnerability is the doorway to joy and the doorway to, um, gladness and all of these things. And so I obviously believe that Jesus is truly our joy and our peace and all those things. Cause the Bible talks about that, but I do think vulnerability has a part to play in it. It's interesting that you say about your voice, because that's something that I struggle with when I first started this and even doing this today, it's funny <laughs> that I still kind of wrestle with it. And I kind of have to stop myself a couple of times and say, no, it's all right. It's just, you're getting in your own head, just talk. <laughs> That's so way. funny. Cause <laughs> yeah. I was like, your accent's so cool. And so it's funny how like, you know, we are sometimes our own worst enemy. And then when people comment things, it doesn't help because sometimes that it just almost like affirms the lie that we already believed about ourselves. but you can't let that be your affirmation. That's, that's not your affirmation. That's a lie. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the the one negative review that I've gotten on the show has been towards my faith, being a, a Christian, and I kind of wow. I own that because the review was like not for atheists, and the host loves talking about Jesus, and I'm like, that's not a negative review for me. That is a fantastic yeah. review because that means I'm yep. living one hundred percent in my so truth, true. and I I absolutely love it. So I, you know, I I prayed for that person, and I I said, look. Thank you so much. I hope everything is well for you and you're getting, you're getting the truth out in, in your, in your life. So that's the main thing. And I don't apologize to anyone for that at all, but it's interesting how if it had have been towards my voice, I know for a fact, I would have been like down in the dumps <laughs> for a week and it would have been absolute <laughs> negative, like galore. But, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, just, I thought I'd share awesome. that. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, that's a good one. There, that that's a good uh, you know, hill to die on, if you will. If someone's gonna comment something negative, it might as well be about your faith. And if yeah. someone wants to comment on my voice, then hey, so be it. I can't, I can't change that opinion, but that's okay. Has anyone speaking about faith actually? Has anyone ever challenged your faith at all? Anyone challenged my faith? Um, I think ch- things have been challenging about you know, in my walk of faith, but I've never doubted, you know, God, I never doubted like the word. And I think, cause I've been really rooted in the word. Of course, people have said things that are rude or said things that I'm crazy or irrational or whatever, that disbelief, why would you believe this science is, you know, outproven? Like, yes, I hear those things. I see those things. Obviously those things are out there. I just don't believe it. I I truly, when, when I read the scripture and I read the word of God and I've seen what God has done in my life, no one could disprove God to me because I've already seen enough to know. Um, and I, the reason I tell people is because I've seen how good God is in my life and people like you, they say, Oh, you're so joyful and you're so happy and you're so energetic. And I'm like, I, I actually, you could have that too. It's the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. You know, that's what the Bible says. It's a promise I've claimed. And so, you know, I I have great hope and I like to talk about it because I think it helps people. And so, yeah, I've seen it. And one time this person came at me and they said something about how could you believe a God that you don't see? You Mm -hmm. know, if you can't see it, how could you believe it? And I said, um, I said something, I said, do you believe in fear? And I said, what? And I said, do you believe in fear? And they said, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. And I said, well, do you know the definition of, of fear is a belief that something could harm you, that could potentially harm you? And so I said, so do you believe in fear? And they said, well, yeah. I said, well, can you see it? And they said, no. And I said, well, how could you believe in a fear? How could you believe in something that you can't see? And it's the same principle for God. I choose to believe in something I can't see that gives me hope in my day. I choose to believe in something I can't see, but I can feel it be so real. Just like fear, you can't see it, but you feel it. You know the effects of anxiety in your life. I feel it's the same way with God. And so I feel like in times that I've been challenged, I feel like the Holy Spirit's kind of given me answers um, and revealed to me something that strengthens my faith even more. You do talk about, I guess, listening to or knowing the voice of God and and knowing whether or not that is true and that is real in your new book, which is a great devotional, by the way, for people wanting to read it. Um, So my, my question to you, for those people that don't know or are struggling to hear the voice of God or really understand what it actually is, what would you say to those people? Yeah, I would say, you know, first of all, people talk about hearing the voice of God. I've never heard an audible voice, you know, and I, I want to say that I really haven't. However, I have felt things so strongly in my spirit that I have obeyed that has changed the trajectory of my life. Therefore, I feel like I've heard the voice of God. I will say, though, I don't think that it is um, something that's like, oh, I haven't heard the voice of God. I think God gave us his voice and the word of God. We have a Bible like God has written and given us words and given us um, dialogue that we can understand and that we can believe daily. And so I don't think you have to hear some audible voice. I think his word has already spoken and it's applicable to today. Just like whenever I said earlier, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That is a verse that I read. And so that is 
in a sense, hearing God and obeying God. And so for people, I want to encourage them, like even in my devotional, but I give them scripture and prayers. It's like, I'm helping giving you the words that God's already said to hear what he has for you in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that helps because I do think people get thrown off by this idea of like hearing the voice of God. We're like, well, I've never heard God. Well, I guess I technically haven't either, but because of the things that I've felt the Lord saying that have made me a better person, I wouldn't say that I hadn't heard him. Mm. You get, it's interesting because I've always been curious about, you know, that voice of God in particular, like distinguishing between Satan's voice, which is oftentimes it can, it can be very similar uh, in a way, because it, it kind of appeals to our flesh. It kind mm-hmm. of appeals to our wants and our desires. And yeah. then we kind of oftentimes, I don't know if you've done this, but I've done this many times, you equate it to God's voice. Now God's leading me here because it's what I want. It's what I yeah. quote need, that sort of thing. Right. But I want to ask you about that peace and feeling that sense of peace. Is that when you know that it is God, when you do feel that sense of peace? Yeah. I think, yes, I think peace is a huge part of it. I think, secondly, I think John 10, 10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And then it says, but I come to give life and life abundantly. And that's Jesus talking. So he's saying Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So if you have thoughts that are towards killing, stealing, and destroying, it's obviously not God. That is the enemy. If something is you know, a thought popped in your head that is harmful, that is hurtful, is that is leading you down a bad path. That's not the Lord. Because Jesus said, I come to give life and life abundantly. And so if it is, if it is um the voice of God, it's going to be good, even in the midst of something bad. So say you have you have cancer and you're like, well, how could this be God? Well, I'm not saying it's God, I'm not saying it's Satan. It might just be the effects of living in a fallen world. But I do believe that even in the midst of your cancer, God can be your strength. God can be your healing because God gives life and life abundantly. And even if you pass, you say, well, how could you believe God's so good? Because even if you pass, God gives you the hope of heaven. And so God is always leading to life, always leading to life and life abundantly. So for me and my thought process, my thought pops in my head and it is not good and it's sinful and it is not kind. I'm like, that's not God. That's not who he is. But if a thought were to come and it was, you know, something I never thought of before and it was affirming to who I am and it was affirming to what I want to do and it was for the benefit of the world becoming better, it's probably from God, you know? Mm-hmm. And if it aligns with his word, I think you can't say something's from God if it contradicts what God's already said, you know? But if it lines up with his word and scripture, then I think you can safely say, this is the Lord, you know? Do you have a life first at all? Yes. Hebrews 10 35 is like my life first. It says, so then do not forget the confident trust that you have in the Lord for that would be richly rewarded. And I love it because I think so many times in our day, especially we want to put our confidence in ourselves and how we look and how we dress and how we, what we achieve and the following that we gain, but our confidence cannot be placed on ourselves because if our confidence were in ourselves, it'd be here today and gone tomorrow, just like the trends of the world. But if our confidence is in God, it's everlasting. It goes from glory to glory to glory. The word says it's yes. And amen. It is, um, all sustaining because he, um, can sustain all things. He can, you know, prevail through all things. And so I love that verse because it helps remind me that I don't have to put the pressure on myself. I can just rest in, in God's love and God's strength. Mm. When in your life, Sadie, when you least expected God to show up in a big way that he has, and it challenged your perspective of who he is. Wow. What a great question. 
When did I least expect God to show up in a big way? And how did it challenge who I think he is? Honestly, probably when I had honey, um, whenever I had my daughter, I, um, had never experienced something like that because it was truly a miracle. So basically, um, long story short, um, I had had worship playing in the delivery room all day. And so there was like a three hour playlist and it had been like playing on repeat. Well, like hours before, um, my husband had said to me that he was like, whenever she um, is born, I want to put on the song million little miracles. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if you turn away from me during the time that we have honey and put on a song on Spotify, I'm going to be so annoyed. I was like, just let it happen. Whatever song's playing, like let it play. So anyways, fast forward to whenever I I'm, have honey and um, the delivery process was just really hard and ended up having something medically go wrong where her shoulder like got stuck and the doctors couldn't get her out. And it was just crazy. And her um, umbilical cord was smashed in her neck. And so it was, she didn't have oxygen. So like two minutes and 10 seconds go by with no oxygen, no sound, no crying, but like she was like, and she was stuck. And so it was horribly scary and um, physically painful. It was just exhausting. And like, we needed a miracle. And all of a sudden out, like, it was like all of a sudden, like everyone in the room heard it on the, on my stereo, like on my, um, my stereo Bluetooth thing, it started playing the song million little miracles. And it was like, I got miracles and miracles and million little miracles. And like, right when that happened, she just let out the biggest cry. And it was just like a miracle. Like they, first of all, were about to rush her to ICU, but she, she breathed on her own with just the little action they had in the room. They came and rushed over to make sure her shoulder was like how they were going to help her shoulder. Cause they thought it would be broken because of the way that they had to yank her out. And it wasn't, it wasn't broken and she was totally okay. And I learned something really cool about God throughout that process is that when you read the Bible and you hear miracles, you only really think about the miracle moment. And you're like, oh man, like someone was healed. That's amazing. But like, you don't think about like the desperation that that person was coming from when they needed a healing. Like you don't think about, you know, the woman in the Bible who bled for 12 years and God healed her. Like, you don't think about like the days after that and how she had to like get over like the 12 years of isolation and like you know, the days that God had to like sit with her in her heart and like be, you know, like good after such a bad time. And I think for me, like I realized that a miracle from God isn't just like, uh, oh, we got a miracle. Sometimes it's like we needed a miracle and it was really hard and he was there. He was there in the hard moments. And then the weeks to come that were hard and that, you know, were painful and that I had to, you know, get up and be a mom, even whenever I was in so much pain, like he was my strength. And like, he gave me stability. Like the, that's whenever I saw God, in like a really crazy way. And, you know, I think there's moments in life that we don't want to go through because we know they're going to be hard, but it's in those moments that the most refining things happen and our faith is like increased even more. And so my faith was definitely increased by that. I'm not saying I wanted to see God in that way because I didn't want to have to go through that, but I'm glad that I did so that I could see him in that way. One of the things that I, I did want to mention to you is the miracle factor. And I've seen God perform a major miracle in, in my life, which I kind of didn't, didn't expect. And I don't know if you know the song, uh, I need a miracle by third day. Have you heard that one? I don't think I have. 
I encourage you to listen to that one because it's a powerful, powerful song. But I was in a very, very dark place in my life. Uh, I didn't know that I had a purpose. I didn't know that I had worth. I didn't know that God loved me, Uh, even though I was a Christian, even though I, I, I just chosen to walk away from him. So I... I was in, yeah, like I said, I went to a very, very dark place in my life where I, mm-hmm. I attempted to commit suicide. Wow. Um, and I was, I was driving my car and um, it's very emotional for me to bring it back up again, but mm-hmm. I was driving about 130, 140 kilometers mm-hmm. towards this, this pole. And wow. I took my hands off the wheel and was basically just, I'm waiting for the hit. Um, and all of a sudden I see the steering wheel turn from the left-hand side, which was going towards the pole back onto the, the right-hand side to safety. I didn't even feel my foot come off the accelerator and went onto the brake. My car came to a complete stop and I just wow. broke, broke down because that was the moment where God said, I, I have bigger things planned for you, Jay. Your time is not right now. I don't want you to go. It is selfish of you to try and end your life. Um, And I remember driving to, I don't know how I got there because it's just, it was a very emotional part. I remember going to where my grandparents are buried, not, not too far away from where I attempted to end my life not long earlier. And I didn't have the radio on. Um, I turned the radio on to a station that I never really listened to. And on the radio had that song, I need a miracle. Wow. And it was just like, that was a moment where I cried out to God and said, look, Lord, I need you to give me a miracle here. I need you to change my life. I need you to give me something here. I need you to give me purpose. I need you to give me Mm. worth again. And it wasn't like I had this radical transformation, Sadie. It was like, I just had this moment of peace. Like Mm. I've got you. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Just, just lean on me. Um, I think that's how it is for most people. Like, it's not some radical thing that like they might expect. It's just peace and peace in a day that's filled with fear actually is pretty radical mm. in and of itself. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that that was part of your story, but I'm so glad that you share it with people. Cause I know that there's so many people probably listening right now who have the same plans. I hope, you know, right now could allow this moment to be that miraculous moment of peace where they feel seen or they feel heard or they feel called out that God does have a plan for them and that he does have a purpose for them and um, they can choose to live that today. So Mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that. I just wanted to be, you got vulnerable with me with your with your story and the miracle mm-hmm. aspect. So I wanted to relate a little bit towards it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would be a help for people that are listening, whichever moment they are in, if they're going through a difficult challenge, which you were actually going through in that moment of, of childbirth and not really knowing what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. I'm curious in that moment when you were going through that childbirth and everything was going on, what was going through your mind in that moment? You know, it's so crazy because for a little while it felt so frantic. And I remember just like feeling kind of out of body, like what is happening and feeling a little helpless. And then it's so crazy when that song came on, I literally was like, Oh, God's here. Like God is like, God's moving on this. And just that realization that, 
I, I don't have to do anything. Like I can't, and I don't have to, and he's got it. And it gave me so much peace. And, you know, the Bible talks about where two or three are gathered there, there he is, he's there, he's with them. So if you call upon Jesus name, like he's going to be there. If you're gathered amongst people who are believing with him, he's going to be there. And I was in a room with my husband and my mom and the nurses, and we had worship blasting and even the nurses were worshiping to the point that like, he was there, you know, and we met that, that's back to the people. It's a question. How do you believe in God? You can't see. I could not see him that day, but I could not not see him in the room. It was so visible, even in the midst of his invisibility and um, because he was so tangible. And so, yeah, that was a life changing moment for sure. You have a, a chapter or a devotional in your book called, um, I believe it is facing lions. And I'm curious, what did you, what do you mean by facing lions? Do you mean facing big challenges? Yeah. So I'm sure uh, I'll have to go back and read exactly the context behind everything that I wrote in the book, because sometimes, um, <laughs> so, because sometimes this is what I do in the devotion. I have this much room, but the message is so much bigger. The message behind what I wrote has so much backstory. And so behind the concept of that is, um, I was reading in Daniel one, one day and Daniel was in the lion's den and all these lions obviously could eat him in a second, right? Um, but they didn't. And this is an amazing story where he, you know, was able to come out alive. And it's a really, really amazing story. Um, however, whenever you read that story about Daniel, like you think about the fact that like he was in the lion's den and you think about the fact that he got out, but you don't think about the fear that he had to have had in the lion's den. The fact that like, even though the lion didn't touch him, like he could hear their roar. He could, um, you know, um, probably see them walking around, but because God had bigger plans, those lions had no authority to touch him. And I kind of think about that when it comes to fear, it's like, if God is for you and he has a plan for you and like it's to prosper, then like there are things that the enemy might throw at you that might taunt you, but they have no authority to touch you. And sometimes in life, it's going to look as scary as a lion and it's going to sound as intimidating as a lion, but it has no authority when it comes to the voice of God. It actually has to bow when it comes to the voice of God. There's a verse in scripture and it talks in the message translation. It talks about, it refers to something as a paper tiger. And I like to think about fear like that. It looks like a tiger, but it's made of paper. It actually can't harm you. And so I like to think about that in the context. And you might say, well, Sadie, you know, there are things in life that actually can't harm you. Like, Someone could kill you, you know, that is true. That is very true. But even still, there's a hope of heaven. And so it can't actually destroy the plan that God has. What do you hope for people to get out of this new book, Sadie? I hope that it is just a launching pad for people and their faith and their purpose. You know, I, I hope this isn't the end all be all. Like I said, there's a lot of backstory behind the little bitty devotionals here. But I do think it's an encouragement. And I think sometimes in life, like you just need a little bit of encouragement. You just need a friend to, you know, inspire you with a little word. You need a, a mentor to write something to you. And I think this book is going to be just that. It's your friend coming alongside of you and reminding you that you have a purpose, live it. And even though there's going to be fears, press past them through faith because the thing that God's going to do in your life is going to be extraordinary. Do you have a favorite devotional that you write? 
Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Your favorite devotional. Honestly, the book as a whole, I think is just really going to be inspiring because the whole book is like, part my story you know it's a lot of my stories a lot of bible people's stories i think one of my favorite parts is how the book starts and i kind of go through different types of people when it comes to your purpose and like one of them is like the look backer and it's like the person who's like constantly looking back at their past like thinking that they gone too far to live their purpose and i kind of go through all of these different things like the runaway like jonah who like ran away from his purpose but god still had a plan and like you know we've all can relate to that how like we look back sometimes we run away sometimes like god still pursues us god's still with us God still has a plan for us. And then of course I get to the move maker and I'm like, this is who we want to be. Like, we want to be the one making moves. We want to be the one waking up and going after it. So I kind of like how it starts because I think it probably allows everyone to be like, okay, that's me. That's me. That's me. But this is who I want to be. And this is what I want to go for. And that's also an option. And so I'm excited for people to dive in. I think it's going to get people out of their shell a little bit and get people out of those daily anxieties to just actually go for it. I think one of my favorite ones, just because it, it relates to my life so much is the first one, which is towards purpose. And I want to read out if I can one line that you wrote in there, which kind of hit hard for me. I like how you said, how you live out this purpose is as an individual, as you are, which is what makes it your unique and original purpose. And I just love that, 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 that hit home for me so much. And I actually, uh, wrote in my my very first book actually on it was there's no greater purpose than a God-given purpose which is who you are right now who he has made you to be so that mm, was so good knowing that I was like yes <laughs> thank you Zayn. it's so good I love that I hope that for everybody I hope that people take it personally like that that they read it and then they individually find their purpose but they don't say oh that's Sadie's purpose or that was Moses's purpose in the Bible but no this is my purpose that God's given me and I have a part to play in the big story of life and so that's so cool to hear you say and if I had your the, the hard copy, which I believe is actually coming, I would put it up on my my Phantom Times bestseller list. Oh, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's what I call it. Um, but yeah, it's things are very very slow here in Sydney, Australia at the moment. But I cannot wait to get my hands on a physical copy, and I hope that the world honestly gets their hands on a copy too, and they get you know transformed by it because it is really it really is an amazing book. So thank you so much for writing it. I have a few more final questions to sort of tie this all together in a nice bow if we can. Um, This is a question that I have always been interested in, I guess you could say, ever since I found out about you way back in 2016, um, which is what do you love the most about yourself and your story? Wow, that is a great question. Um, hmm, That is so good. It's kind of, you know, it's silly is it that sometimes it's hard to like say what you love about yourself, which is maybe not a great thing. You know, maybe we should love ourselves a little bit more and appreciate ourselves for who we are. Um, I think one thing that I can look at and say, like, I love that is I do think that I have maintained a joy um, throughout some hard things in life. And I think people like to say, well, you just don't know hard things and you haven't experienced them. And that is false. And I don't need to sit here and tell you every hard thing I've ever been through to prove that I've been through hard things or tell you things that I've seen that are, you know, shouldn't have seen or things that I've walked through or heard that I shouldn't have heard. Um, but I've seen enough and I've heard enough and I've lived through enough that 
my joy could have been taken if it wasn't authentic. And I genuinely do believe that like that has been rooted in Jesus to the point that it's been something that I've been able to maintain. And I'm proud of that. And so I do, I I think I do love that about myself. I like the joy that I live with every day. How about for your story? What do you love the most about your story? I love the most about my story that I cannot tell it without talking about God because it's pretty miraculous. Like it's pretty crazy. How did a like girl from West Monroe, Louisiana, who's like a really small town in um, a state where like not a lot of famous people come from randomly end up doing the things that I'm doing. And um, a girl who didn't grow up in a church where women even speak in the church become a speaker. And I grew up like struggling with like dyslexia and I'm a writer, like just like what? Like that doesn't make any sense, you know, unless it's God. And so, sorry, I hit the mic, um, unless it's God. And so I, I love that about my story, that it stretched me, that it um, scared me and that I lived it anyways, because I believed God that enough to know that he could do it through me. Do you feel like anything is currently missing in your life? I really don't. I don't, you know, it's funny. Used to, people used to ask me, city, what's next? And I would be like, oh gosh, what's next? And I'd be thinking about it. And and sometimes I'd be thinking about it because, you know, you want to say something that's impressive or sometimes you'd be thinking about it because you want to over busify yourself or sometimes you'd be thinking about it because you have so much and it's stressful. And I stopped answering that question and I would always just say, you know what? I don't know, but I'm content with where I'm at now. And I think that uh, one thing I always did want in my life was to just be content. And I think I'm finally there. And I don't think it's because I have everything, um, but I have, I have plenty. I have more than enough. And I'm really grateful for that. I don't like asking people, to be honest, what's next for you. I like asking that question because I feel like Oftentimes we we like to know what's next, but we don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Like, yeah. And, so. and that's what I, I like to tell people because um, a friend the other day came to me and she was stressing out and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do after college and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you don't have to know. What are you doing right now? Like you're doing a great job and you're doing a lot. You don't, if I would have said what I was going to be doing five years ago and said like, oh, in five years, I'm going to be doing this. I would have been so far off. Like I would have never guessed. I would have never thought I'd be like married and have a kid because I didn't even know my spouse yet. You know, like I wouldn't have thought that I would have been writing another a couple of books and I would have been speaking at the platforms I have would have never, I would have sold myself so short. And so I think it's just good to just um, be content and trust God for the next, whatever that looks like. 100%. Sadie, where can people find you, connect with you, buy a new book and learn more about you before I ask you the final question? Yeah. So you can pretty much find me on every social platform, um, legit Sadie Rob on Instagram. Um, and really you can find me pretty much everywhere else from that. I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I have, um, a podcast called, Whoa, that's good. We post it, um, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts and I do Facebook audio room. So try to put a lot of stuff out there. And so if you're following along, you can pretty much find every link from that, from my Instagram account. And on YouTube, she's got messages on there that she preaches which is pretty cool too and i love yes. all that good podcast he did with dr daniel amen that yes. was awesome <laughs> so good oh he's amazing but yes yeah, on youtube i have sermon videos i also have my podcast and uh we also started a vlog today so you can find plenty of good content there and yeah dr amen's awesome 
Very, very exciting stuff. Sadie, my final question for you. This is my all-time favorite question, believe it or not. I ask everyone at the end of all my conversations. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll just call it magic for the sake of argument. I know, but they've been able to get it all and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow. That is a beautiful question. And it's so funny because my husband loves hypotheticals. He always says, okay, Sadie, hypothetical, hang with me. So <laughs> I love that. Uh, honestly, what I would want it to say, I would want it to be a lot of pictures of me loving my family and people around me well. Um, and I would hope that it would say that I love God and I love people really well. Um, because like I said, I think that's my purpose. And, um, if I didn't do those two things then what did I really do? Right. Um, and so that would be the coolest thing ever at a hundred to see me loving people well, because of my love from God, that'd be awesome. It's a beautiful send off message. Sadie, thank you so much for your time today, your enthusiasm for living in your purpose and sharing it with the world. I just want to acknowledge you for all the things that you're doing, for showing up today and for joining me on the Storybox podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. You asked amazing questions. You're a great interviewer and I had a great, I had a great, um, a great time sharing. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then.